Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. This morning, just like Anna said, we are officially kind of kicking off Christmas season here at Indianola First. And with Christmas season kind of being officially kicked off, I want to go, over, I want to go ahead and talk about some of the great stuff that happens to make this season so amazing. So online, what you guys can do is you guys can go ahead and type it in the chat and let us know what uh, in your family, in your world, makes Christmas season uh, so great and so amazing, all right? For us, we're gonna talk about it here uh, right now, okay? So uh, now as you look around the building, I think you can guess what the first thing is that I would like to talk about that makes the season so great today, and that is decorations. We love decorations. This church loves decorations, I believe. The people around here love decorations. Uh, I mean, there are roughly uh, 18 or so Christmas trees just on this level of the church. Um, there are tons of lights inside and soon to be outside. Don't worry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that taken care of this week, everybody. So, um, yeah, well, you can, uh, thank, uh, Randy likes it. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to get that taken care of, all right? We're going to get some lights on the outside. Um, last week, there was countless number of people who came in and helped decorate and make this a building look so beautiful. Honestly, I wish for personally that I had endless amounts of money and time to decorate my own house because my kids love de- decorations. My love, my wife, my love, my wife loves de- decorations. In fact, I uh, love decorations uh, as well. We will actually, as a family, we'll all gather uh, in our car and we will all get in our pajamas and we will one night or two nights during the season and we will go ahead and travel around town and we will um, judge everybody's lights. That's just that's what we do. We, judge, we just judge them. Now, don't worry. We don't knock on their doors and tell them how good or bad their lights are. We just do it as a family, okay? Uh, <laughs> make sure your lights look good. All right? All the while singing Christmas songs and having some hot chocolate or coffee or whatever we're drinking that day. Um, Which brings me to another great uh, thing about this season, and that's music. We love Christmas music. My wife will actually start listening to Christmas music in July. Who in here is um, July Christmas music weirdo? I mean, great person. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's fine. I, personally, that's just, I think that's a little early. I'll, I'll let her do it, but I think it's a little early. All right, and me, I like, to end, uh, I like to listen to Christmas music starting probably like the end of October, beginning of November, but then you have... Um, Scrooge right there, Pastor Jared, who says no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Uh, who, who's that? Who's that person? All right. All right. You got a couple people who are just like, Scroogey, but that's all right. It's okay. We still love you guys. All right. You can start a little earlier than that, but it's all right. All right. Uh, Christmas music is awesome. Uh, how about Christmas movies? That makes great. Uh, go ahead and just yell out your favorite Christmas movie. Go. One, two, three, go. All right, I heard some great ones out there. Again, if you're online, throw that in the chat. What is your favorite Christmas movie? There are two. I have two personally that I love uh, Christmas movie-wise, and one is it's a it's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone. Those are my two. Like I just I want to watch them every. I know they're opposite, but uh, they're the same movie or opposite. 
<laughs> I don't know. They're, I like them both, and that's the one I, that's the ones I watch. After those two movies, I'll really watch any Christmas movie except for one. There's one Christmas movie I just will not watch, mainly because it is boring. It is just boring, and that's Miracle on 34th Street. I'm sorry if you love Miracle on 34th Street. I'm sorry I probably hurt people's feelings, but hey, I'm the youth pastor. It's whatever. All right? <laughs> I can get away with saying things like that. All right? Uh, I would rather watch Hallmark Christmas movies over and over again than watch Miracle on 34th Street. All right? I would, uh, it's just, I'm sorry, it's just not, it's just not my, uh, my jam, all right? Uh, another thing that makes this time, we better jump off that real quick. <laughs> Whew, start getting some people mad there. Another thing that, I like, that makes uh, this time so special and amazing and beautiful is snow. We all love snow, right? Uh, it's not going to happen this week, though, because it's going to be like 60 degrees out. What's the world is happening? All right. Some people like snow, I guess. Uh, I am a fan of snow uh, from right now until December 25th. After that, it can jump back up to the 70s or 80s. I don't, I'm done with snow right after Christmas is done. But that doesn't happen around here for uh, us Midwesterns. We just have to deal with it all the way through April. I don't know. <laughs> it just keeps going, it feels like, after that. Uh, and of course... Uh, spending time with your family, having presents, laughter, all those things make this time of the year special and amazing. But the thing that I love most about this time of the year and the thing that makes this time of the year so wonderful is the birth of Christ. That's, that's what makes this time so amazing. And with Christmas season being officially kicked off, I, I want us all to remember a phrase, not just for, for this season, but for our whole lives. And I want us to remember the phrase, the king is in the house. Go ahead and write that down. That's the title of today's sermon, but the king is in the house. We should remember that forever. I think we need to remember this phrase because there are so many things with the Christmas season and with life that are amazing to where we can just, we can forget or we can even get distracted about the main purpose, which is the king of kings, Jesus Christ. With all that being said, let's start talking about Jesus's birth. Now, I think we all know Jesus was born in kind of an awkward place. He wasn't born in the inn where Mary and Joseph thought that they were going to go or where they were hoping this child was going to be born. But instead, they were forced out into the stable where, the, where Jesus was born and placed into a manger. Mary ended up having the king of kings right in the same place where the animals were, the feeding troughs, and the hay was all at. Needless to say, this was a humble beginning for the king of kings. So that got me thinking. That was kind of a weird place to be born at. Where might be some other awkward or weird places that babies have been born? Now, me personally, I was born uh, in a boring old hospital, all right? In a podunk town in Illinois called Fairbury, Illinois. Yee-hoo, all right? <laughs> Hospital's not there anymore, though, so. But uh, this is a boring old hospital. How many people were born in a boring old hospital? Yeah. Most of us were, okay? I do have this friend, though, whose parents renovated their barn and made it into a house, and he was actually born in his house. So when he leaves the door open and his parents were like, what do you think, you were born in a barn? He could literally say, yes. <laughs> that is so cool, so cool. He could say yes. I did find some other places, uh, these awkward places where uh, babies have been born. Like in Georgia, there was a baby born in Six Flags at Hurricane Harbor. Weird. Uh, there was another baby born in a Chick-fil-A bathroom in Texas. Now, that's an awkward place, but Chick-fil-A kind of was like, it's okay, we will give that child free Chick-fil-A for the rest of her life, and she can have a job when she turns 16. 
So if there's pregnant ladies in the house that, you know, <laughs> getting kids set up with Chick-fil-A and I'm just saying, all right? There were other women, uh, another woman who gave birth on an airplane, another lady who gave birth at a post office, talking about special delivery, uh, another woman who probably gave birth at the most magical place ever, Disneyland, all right? But through all of my searching, I didn't find uh, babies that were born uh, at church. So if there's any pregnant ladies in the house, don't get any ideas, all right? It's, go to the hospital, all right? Uh, now, like I'm asking all of us to remember just how important it is to realize that the king is in the house. This morning, I would like to read two passages about some people who understood just how important it was to realize that the king is in the house. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead. I need you to open up to Matthew chapter 2. And uh, we'll read there first. But while we're reading that, go ahead and put your hand in Mark chapter 2 because we're going to jump over there and read there as well. Okay, so Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump down to uh, verse 9, all right? So Matthew 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now go ahead and jump down to verse 9. And we'll read 9 through 12. It says, After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1, all right? It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the, ma the paralyzed man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now go ahead and jump down to verse 11. It says, this is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like that. All right, so we're going to reference those two verses or those two passages today. In both of those passages, people just had to get to the king. They had to get to Jesus. All right, the king is in the house was more than a phrase to remember for these guys. They had to do multiple things all in the name of getting in front of the king because they knew the king was in the house. And that's where the power was at. And this morning, I want us to touch on three things that we can do if we really believe that the king is in the house. So number one, you can write this down. We have to walk in faith because the king is in the house. We have to be willing to walk in faith because the king is in the house. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us what faith is when it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. In both Matthew and Mark, we see examples of great faith on display for us. In Matthew 2, we see that the wise men were all just living their lives. They were important men doing important things. Then in Matthew 2, 2, it says, 
and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. You want to talk about faith? You want to talk about being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see? Then we should look at these wise men because they've heard prophecies about this man who will be born. But other than that, they just saw a star light up in the sky and they started walking. These guys left families. They left good jobs. They, and they left their whole lives behind to go and find this man who they never have seen before. They also took expensive gifts that they wanted to give to him. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how long they would be going for. All that they knew was they had to follow that star. And as soon as that star lit up in the, in the sky, their faith activated and they started walking. They didn't stop walking until that star stopped over the place they needed to be. And since the king was, king was in the house, that's where they wanted to be as well. And when they got there, they were overjoyed, they were humbled, and they worshipped him, and they presented the king with gifts. These wise men had great faith, and it was on display, and it's still being talked about today. How about the faith of the four men who, who had to get their friend to Jesus in Mark chapter 2? They were willing to have faith and carry their friend all so they could get to where the king was at. Not only would they carry this guy, but as soon as they got to the house that they were, they were going to, they would lift him up. They'd put the work in, lift him up onto the house. They would have to tear off the roof, and then they would lower this guy down in front of the king. And they, did it. they had to do all this to get their friend in front of the king. It took a great amount of faith to do what they did because they really didn't know if Jesus was going to heal their friend or not. They just had faith that he was going to do it. And honestly, if you read the passage, Jesus didn't heal the man physically right away. In, in Mark 2, 5, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, Your sins are forgiven. Yes, it's, it's awesome that Jesus saw their faith and recognized how much faith it took to get this guy in front of him. But really, just imagine with me how disappointed uh, you might be if you did all that work to get your friend in front of Jesus. And Jesus all of a sudden is like, Thanks. I see your faith, but your sins are forgiven. You know, he didn't heal him physically. What they were there for, he didn't do right away. I mean, just put yourself in that guy's shoes. Yeah, that's great, Jesus. My sins are forgiven, but I still can't walk. Now my friends, the ones who carried me, have to pull me back up. They probably have to repair this guy's roof, or hopefully they would repair this guy's roof. I don't know. Take me back down and then take me all the way back home. But that's not how this story ended. Because Jesus didn't finish with, finish with forgiving this man's sins. Jesus goes ahead and in verse 11 says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The faith of these four friends and the faith of this paralyzed man to get in front of the king healed him. Healed him. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If we really believe that the king is in the house, then we would be willing to have faith like the wise men. We'd be willing to have faith just like the four friends. Faith that says, I want to draw near to God and I want to believe in him and I will meet with him and, I will, and run to him because I believe he will do what he says he will do. We need to have that kind of faith that says, I might not understand everything that's going on. I might not know what my future will hold. I might not know uh, when my healing is coming. But I know I serve a, a king who's in the house and who loves me. 
Let's have faith for the miracle that you have been praying for. Let's have faith for the prodigal child that you have been believing to come back to the Lord. We need to have faith in the promises of God that you cannot yet see. And I want to challenge you all right now to think of that one area where your faith is weak. And be like, be like the men we have been reading about in these scriptures. Strengthen your faith because the king is in the house. Faith is not always comfortable. And usually activating your faith is uncomfortable. I'm, not, I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for the wise men to leave everything and start off on a journey with only a star leading them. I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for these four friends to do all that they did to get their friend in front of the king. But when we activate our faith and we are, we are truly sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, I guarantee the king will come through every time. We just have to be willing to have faith. We also have to be willing to spend our time because the king is in the house. Now it said you spell love, not L-O-V-E, but you spell love, does anybody know? T-I-M-E. What does that mean? Love is spelled T-I-M-E. Let's go back to the two passages that we have been looking at today. Let's go back to the passage, two passages that says you have the wise men who really didn't know how long they were going to have to walk to get to the king, but they left and took the time to get to the king. You also have these four friends who are willing to probably take a full day off of whatever they're doing, maybe longer, we don't really know, to, to carry their friend to this house, to take the time to lift him up onto the house, to then take the time to rip the roof off the house, to take even more time to drop him in front of Jesus. They spent time doing this. And as I've been reading these two passages this week, there wasn't one spot in those passages where the wise men or the four, four friends were like, whew, this is taking a long time. I think we should just stop. You know what? In fact, we probably just need to stop because I have to get my kids to a baseball game. We can't get to where the king is at because, you know what? I, my legs are tired from walking. I better just go home and sit on the couch and watch TV. I don't have time to get to the king. There's just too much stuff going on. They didn't say that in this. Nowhere did, 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 did these passages say that. Exodus 25 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. We serve a jealous God. And he really, really, really wants time with you. He wants time with you. But in today's day... In age, even during the time of the year where it's supposed to be focused around him, we just can't find the time. We're just too busy. We have too much stuff going on. This morning, I'm going to be a little uh, uh, transparent with you about something that, that God revealed to me about a month and a half ago, all right? Uh, there was, in my life, there was this challenge that I decided to put on myself, all right? Nobody told me to. Nobody was doing it. I just was like, I'm going to do. I saw this challenge, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. Now, when I signed up for this challenge, uh, for some reason, it didn't seem like it was going to be that hard. It was a challenge where I thought, you know what? I could do it. Uh, I can finish it, and it probably won't get in the way of anything. It's not going interfere to with, interfere with anything. Well, that was false. I was way wrong because it interfered with pretty much everything, all right? This challenge consisted of... Uh, two 45-minute workouts every single day, and one of them had to be outside. 
It also consisted of reading about 10 pages a day, drinking a certain amount of water, and about four or five other things. Every single day you had to do this, all right? And if you don't complete one of those tasks in a day, you have to start all the way over, okay? So I don't know why I did it, all right? But that, that was a challenge that I set up for myself. All right, and, and again, I, I'm not sure why I did it because also while I'm doing this challenge, I decided that I needed to train for a full marathon. So I'm doing a full marathon training and all uh, this, this training, okay? Needless to say, it was a lot more hours than I thought each day of putting into my health and my fitness. And, and that's, that's all good. I'm not saying that health fitness is bad, okay? It's, it's all good. But in the middle of these challenges that I was putting my, myself through, the Lord really convicted me because I was waking up early to get a workout in or to read my pages or to do whatever. I was staying up late some days because I just didn't have time to get that, so I had to go and work out late or I had to, again, I was doing all this stuff. I was even turning football off in the middle of a game on a Sunday night or a Monday night or a Thursday night or whenever football is uh, to go and get this stuff done. All right, I was doing all this stuff for this challenge. And to be completely honest, there were days where, uh, during this challenge that finding time for personal prayer and devotion was tough because I was doing all this other stuff. So after the Lord convicted me, about my habits, I felt like I, he said, if you can get up early to work out, you can get up early or stay up late, you can shut football off to do all this other stuff, then you can get up early, you can shut football off, you can stay up late to get with me and read your Bible and pray and spend time with me. So that's exactly what I did. I started waking up early and, and putting the other stuff second to uh, making sure that I was getting my Bible reading in and my praying before I did any of the workouts or before I did anything else. Because even though working out and being healthy is very important, nothing should trump time with the King of Kings. Nothing should get in the place. Nothing. There's no busyness this world can get, give us that should get in the way of spending time with, King, with the King of Kings. And the conclusion that I came up with uh, that the Lord really laid on my heart is that we make time for what we want to make time for. Look at your life, and I guarantee that you make time for what you want to make time for. Now, I'm a youth pastor, so I get to, I'm going to harp on the, the, the parents a little bit, just a little bit today, okay, parents? Um, because I see this to be true so much. I see parents being willing to drive their kids around to every sporting event under the sun. I see parents being willing to wake up early, spend a ton of money, uh, take full weekends away so their kid can do a hobby. But as soon as, as going to church comes up or taking time out of the day uh, as a family so you can read a devotion or read uh, through the scripture, all of a sudden, it just isn't enough time. I'm just too busy to do that. I have to do all this stuff. But honestly, again, we make time for what we want to make time for. Or we make time for what we love. And if we really believe that the king is in the house, then we would take the time to show him how much we love him. We would be willing to go to great lengths to just get in front of him and be around him. Because when we spend time with Jesus, that's when we, we will see miracles happen in our lives. That's when we'll see breakthroughs happen in our lives and the lives of people all around us. And maybe it's time that we tear off the roof of our lives and change what we are giving our time to. Jesus was a very busy man, and yet he still took time to meet with his father. 
Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. James 4.8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. All that I'm saying here is what you love, you will spend time on. And I believe now is the time that we put Jesus to the front of our schedule each day, in the front of our family's schedule each day, and everything else comes after that. Parents, can I just say that if you really want your kids to follow Jesus, and you really want your kids to put Jesus first in their lives, then be that example for them. Show it. You be that first. Let them see you spending time with Jesus. Let them see you say no to some things because you understand that the king is in the house and you need to be about the king's business before anything this world has to offer. This Christmas season and all the busyness that the world throws at us, I want to challenge all of us to take more time seeking Jesus. Because again, we spell love, not L-O-V-E, but T-I-M-E. So choose to spend time meeting with Jesus because the king is in the house. The third thing is we all have to be willing to be desperate because the king is in the house. Be desperate because the king is in the house. You want to talk about desperation? Let's go back and look at the four men uh, with their paralytic friend. These four guys wanted to see their friend walk and they were willing to be able to be a little reckless, a little dangerous, all out of the urgency to get this guy in front of the king. That's desperation. Mark 2, 3, 3 and 4 says... Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. After digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was laying on. Here was desperation in action. They were desperate to get their friend in front of Jesus. They were so desperate that they went and grabbed this man, carried him, and then went to this random house. We don't know whose house this was. And they still chose to jump on this guy's roof and rip this roof off. I don't know how many people in here would be too happy about that, you know, but that's what they did. How about the, the desperation of the wise men? These guys left everything and everybody that they were around. They took expensive gifts on a long journey with them. And the only thing that they had guided them was the star. You want to talk about desperation? These guys show us exactly what desperation looked like. But they were not desperate. They were. They didn't. They weren't desperate out of stupidity. They were desperate to get to the king. Have you been that desperate like that for Jesus lately? These are questions that we should ask ourselves. Have I been that desperate for Jesus lately? Have you been that desperate for Jesus lately? The Bible says in John six thirty five. Then Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." It's getting to be about 11 o'clock right now, so I'm sure that uh, there's people in here that are th starting to think about lunch. Who's already thinking about lunch? Yeah, I know. Thanks, Pastor Jared. He's like, hurry up, Pastor Johnny, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> and, and some of you, I know that if, if any of us as pastors go past 11.30, you might start getting kind of mad because, you know, you start getting hangry and you just want to get eating and we can get very desperate and very passionate about food, right? Am I right? 
Kevin, can I get an amen? We can get that way, right? All right. Another thing right now that, that we can get very desperate for is hydration. We're thirst sometimes, okay? How do I know that, that we are desperate about it? Let's just take a quick survey through the, through the uh, crowd today, okay? How many in here have a Stanley or a Hydro Flask or a drinking cup or something with you right now? Maybe you left it in the car. All right, that's a good amount of you. How many in here um, carry multiple drinking cups with you daily? How many? Okay, yeah, quite a few of us. How many in here have a cupboard dedicated to stinking drinking bottles for your family? All right, yeah, yep, I think all of us do. All right, last question. How many in here would like to take that whole cupboard and throw it right in the trash? Just me? <laughs> Except for you can have one, all right? Maddie, you can have one. Now, all the other ones need to be thrown away, okay? No, but we are very passionate about food and water and about a lot of, a lot of things. So this is what I want you to do. Next time you forget your Stanley or your drinking cup or you start to get hangry, I want you to take that passion, that desperation, and I want you to go seek the King of Kings. Get, use that desperation to go and, and spend time with the King, Okay? Uh, it's just a good little indicator. Oh, I'm getting hungry and mad. I better, better pray real quick, you know? <laughs> uh, let's be so desperate to get with the king who's in the house that we are willing to step out in faith to make time in our schedule to tear off the roof and get with him. Because the king is in the house and he wants to meet with you every single day. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but he wants to meet with you. So let's give him our time. Let's get desperate. Let's get with him as much as we can. I really love how David puts it uh, in Psalm 63, 1 through 5, when he says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In, in a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Have you hungered or thirsted for Jesus like that? I feel like you can hear the desperation in David's writing here. The words he uses saying, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. That is the desperation that we need to carry around for Jesus. The desperation that says, I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. Everything around me feels like, like it's sucking the life out of me. But I know that if I just run uh, to you, run after you with everything that I have, then and only then will I be fulfilled and totally satisfied. Because let me tell you, there is nothing this world can offer you that satisfies you like Jesus. I just want us to, to try that this week, all right? I know that, that there's days, and even a month and a half ago, when uh, I'm in the middle of these challenges, working so hard at it, and, and things are great physically, but I just felt dry. I just felt, like, drained. And it's because I wasn't taking the time and spending it with Jesus. I wasn't desperate for him. But I tell you, when I switched and I started taking the time and I started getting desperate to get with him, man, you feel full of life. You feel, you feel healthy. 
you feel like you can take on anything that this world can throw at you. That is better than anything this world has to offer. That desperation of running to Jesus, that, that hunger for running to Jesus is so much better than anything this world has to offer. Getting with the king is better than anything. The king is in the house and we need to start acting like he is here. I'm not just talking about this house, the church, when I say the king is in the house. I'm not just talking about when we come here on Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, what I'm talking about is whether you're here whether you're at home, you're at the work, you're at the grocery store, wherever you are at, that is where the king needs to be because the king is inside of you. So wherever you are, that's the house. That's where the king is at. So you can meet with the king wherever you're at. Don't think that it just has to be on a Sunday or on a Wednesday or when you're in this place right here. No, it's where you take Jesus. It's where you go. It's time that you realize that the phrase the king is in the house is wherever you carry him to. And we need to start walking around with great faith. The faith that moves mountains. The faith that is willing to tear off the roof knowing that we serve a God who is always there for us. A God who wants to see you healed and whole. The God who wants to see your families and friends come to know him. The God that wants to see his children blessed. That's the God we serve. But it takes some work on our part. We need to be willing to give him our time. Stop letting everything this world has uh, that is here today and gone tomorrow get in the way of spending time with him. Parents, be the example to your kids that say nothing is getting in the way of, of us as a family spending time with Jesus. And kids, realize, students, realize now how important it is to, to just be with Jesus. Start building that habit now. It gets harder when you get older to change habits. So kids, take time now. Learn those habits right now. Get desperate for Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Stretch your faith now. Build those habits in your life right now. Let's get desperate to get with the king who is in the house waiting for you. So this morning, we got plenty of time. Good. Uh, this morning, I want to stretch, stretch you a little bit, and I want to start tearing off the roof of this place. Not physically. Nobody go up on the roof and just start ripping. Don't do that, okay? Uh, meaning, I want, I want us to do all that we can just to spend time with Jesus right here, right now. So go ahead and put your, put your Bibles away. Put your notebooks away. You can see the worship team's up here. You can scoot up if you want to. All right? Uh, the worship team's up here already. We have, like I said, we have plenty of time. And they're going to play a song. I don't know if anybody's heard it yet, but uh, we listen to it a lot. It's called Tear Off the Roof, all right? And this is what I need from you. I need everybody to stand up. And if you believe the king is in the house, then we're going to put into action what we learned. If you need a healing, then start having faith for your healing. Maybe you, uh, you just have something going on in your life right now where you just need God to move. Let's, let's, then let's tear off the roof and get with him. Maybe you haven't spent enough time with the king because of busyness. Let's change that today. Let's make that commitment that the king is going to be number one in your life. And as, this song, as these guys song, as they, as they play this song, uh, I want you to start real, realizing this, uh, what I need you to realize here. I'll get my thoughts right, okay? Let's just start over in there. All right, they're going to play this song. But this song is not a song that I want you to come to this 
the, to the to the platform or to the altar, and it's not a song where we're going to kneel down and we're going to bask before the Lord, all right? There's a time and a place for that, but this time, right in here, right now, I want us to go after God with that desperation, that desperation that says, I need a healing, that desperation that says, I want my kids to come and know the Lord, that desperation that says, you know, I, I know this person and I want strength to go and talk to them. I want us to get desperate like those guys who were willing to get onto a roof and tear it off also that they could drop their friend in front of Jesus because they knew that he was going to be healed. So we're going to go after God as they sing this song. Don't, this is what I need. I need everybody to, we're going to move now. This song starts right away, so I want you guys to move now. If you want that, if you're desperate like that, I want you to come up front. Now, don't wait for somebody else. You can come up right now, and this is just the way that we are committing to stretching our faith. This is the way that we are committing to getting desperate for Jesus. This is the way that we are saying, yes, I'm going to spell love with my time. All right, that's what this is about today. If you're at home, stand up. <laughs> stand up where you're at, all right? Uh, right by in your living room or wherever you're watching this, go ahead and stand up. Unless you're driving, stay sitting, all right? But this is the way we are committing today, by just going all out for Jesus right now, committing our lives back to him, committing our schedules back to him, committing our love back to him, and just stretching our faith, all right? So, as a worship team plays, I want you just to go after God with everything inside of you. If you're still at your seat and you're like, oh, I should have went up, come up during this song, all right?